Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. My name is Ben Emerson, and welcome to my podcast. I'm joined today by my very good friend, Mr. Mike Brown, a professional golfer at my local club. Mike's story is truly inspirational. He went from being a beginner to a golf professional in just two and a half years. That in itself is truly amazing. But what Mike did is did it with just one leg. I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you find him as inspirational and as encouraging as I find him on a daily basis. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll give you Mr. Mike Brown. Right, Mike, how are we? Yeah, real good, thanks, Ben. How's things with you in this <laughs> yeah, crazy yes. time? It is. I mean, this is just madness, isn't it? I never thought we'd yeah. be locked away at home. I know. It's uh, one of them things that, like, I never thought I'd see in my lifetime, you know, but it has. And, you know, we've got we to gotta deal with it and make what we got of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And especially after we've had such a bad winter. I mean, the golf yeah. course has been wet. It's been so bad. And now the sun comes out, it's glorious. And Boris Johnson's on telly telling us to stay indoors. Yeah. Instead of um, uh, being out on a golf course, I'm hitting balls into a duvet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I saw that last night on, on Instagram. Yeah, I right. absolutely loved it. It's, it yeah, it's, um, it, I was thinking, like, because obviously I haven't got a net or anything at home. And I was just like, what's thick enough and, you know, sturdy enough that I can use? So I just, I was looking around the house and then, I seen oh there's a spare duvet on the on the bed so I was like oh I'll try that and <laughs> some, some some um some old driver shafts and some chairs and you know a bit of, a bit of black mastic and we're good to go yeah jobs are good and please tell me you haven't missed the net yet <laughs> no not yet I'm I'm waiting for it though because there's a wall behind it so but, I, um, I did notice yeah, yeah I'm so not, if the ball hits anything. the wall where's it ricocheting to what's behind you another, another house uh, no it's got loads of room behind so we're good oh. but it's uh Perfect. yeah it, it, i can only hit like a, a seven iron and below just because of the launch so it's yeah. um, that's all the pretty clubs we need anyway yeah nice it's nice that you're still working on your game especially during this uh strange time um, yeah. I, I was reading up on uh, I was reading up on one an article that you did in today's golfer. Yeah, uh, it's got to be last year actually, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, because uh, the headline caught my eye. It was from beginner to pro in two and a half years. Yeah, and then there was a dash 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 on one leg. I know, right? Now, and that and that. I, to be fair, I think most people would have just read the first bit and gone beginner to pro in two and a half years and gone, wow, let's <laughs> let's read on. Um, but you just had to go one step further. Yeah. Uh, and it's such an inspirational story when you when you when you read and obviously I've been lucky enough to to play golf with you uh, to see you on the range to have a beer with you you know yeah. all those sorts of sides but it's great to have you on the show and just actually talk to let let you sort of explain to people how it all started and uh, and you know where you are now with your golf yeah, um, no because uh, I think I think people will truly be inspired by it so where did it all start take us back to the early days yeah so um originally i was in the military um and then in 2011 um i broke my leg basically and um so the long story short of it is two years later i, I became an amputee um and then through that was sort of that's where i sort of found golf so i started with a, a charity called the on course foundation who helped wounded injured and sick servicemen rehabilitate through golf um 
and that's yeah that's where all my all my sort of day started i never took up golf to be anything or to to make it a career or anything i just took it up for rehabilitation because um you know i hadn't left the house for a long time pretty much like six months so sort of became oh, a, wow yeah i sort of become a recluse and lost all my social side of skills and stuff like that and um it was just after another operation i had so um i ended up having 24 operations you know in the space of just under two years to try and like limb salvage and um obviously the final one was the amputation which is through the knee um and then i was just sat in uh in a place called tedworth house which is a recovery center that um the help for heroes supply and stuff like that so i was just sat there and there was a, a poster on the wall for the on course foundation and um obviously i was a motocross rider before all this and uh, you know i was a football player as well so and i was left footed and you know my left leg's gone <laughs> so i couldn't play football no more oh. um but yeah it was it was just that sort of moment when i thought you know what i'll give that a go and um i went uh went along to a one day event which was at a place called Dummer um which is up just near Basingstoke so that was my first ever experience of golf you know as an amputee so um and then I didn't think nothing of it for probably you know another six months because I had a few more stuff to do with my leg and operations and stuff um and then yeah so pretty much I got my first handicap in July 2014 I'm gone. What was the first handicap? Uh, 28. I was useless. 28. No. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was going to say, so you didn't pick it up straight away. Oh, no, it was... I was. It... So I'll, I'll, I've got um, a friend of mine sent me a swing, and I was like, that was probably one of the first swings I had on a golf on a on a driving range, and it doesn't even look like a swing. <laughs> it was crazy, <laughs> um, and then yeah, so you know, I. I'll, I'll, I, but I remember I hit one ball, which was um, at, at a place. I was lucky enough to go on a three-day event at a place called Brockett Hall um, up, yeah. up North London. And I just, you know, I was missing them and they were going right, left, every which way apart from where I was aiming. And then I hit one and like it only went probably, I don't know, 50 yards, but it just felt amazing. And, right. And that was me. Hooked. That one perfect shot. Yeah, that was me hooked, you know. Um, and I thought, you know, I, I, I can, I can do this for rehab because I was meeting new people, I was socialising again, um, and you know, I was, I was using my rehab in in golf perfectly. So, yeah, that's how I, I got into golf. Really, <laughs> did you have a little cringy moment when you saw that swing for the first oh, time? Yeah, in it, was, it was horrendous. I was like, how, how have I become from that? Which was that was like that was only five years ago um five now five and a half years ago that was and then to obviously now it's just like day and night it's crazy yeah well i mean i've i've obviously had the privilege of watching you play um and hitting a golf ball past me hurts every time <laughs> uh, i see <laughs> um, and i well, i think we've we played what three four five times yeah, together yeah, maybe definitely. on a on a golf course uh, it's always an enjoyable uh, enjoyable thing but i think when you watch somebody that's like yourself hitting the shots that you do yeah i think most you know even very good amateurs would be thinking oh wow i mean i'm way off <laughs> um yeah you know so it is very inspirational to kind of to kind of see when it when you go back to those sort of early days did you have any friends that, that you know that were actually playing good golf at the time no or was it just 
you just did it on your own almost. Yeah, I literally jumped in at the deep end, and um, so basically, I, I didn't I didn't join the club for um, probably you know six to eight months after I started playing. Um, yeah, because I was just basically I played probably three or four times before I joined the club, um, just because you know I didn't know if I'd like it or not. I, I knew I liked it, but uh, I didn't know if I liked it enough to to join a club, you know. And I just took a deep end and I joined a club near me, um, and then yeah, just become more and more obsessed every single day. <laughs> well. Let, let's let's go through like a, a a normal routine that you have. So pretend that there's no coronavirus yeah. going on. Um, pretend that we're not in lockdown. What would sort of an average day look like for you if you're in kind of preparing for like tournament week? Say? Yeah. So um, every morning, half seven, I, I'm in the gym. Um, that's that's either doing. So I don't specifically do like you know a lot of weightlifting or just stuff like that. I do a lot of golf specific stuff. Um, and I've changed it. I've, I've gone with a, a, a trainer this year or last year that uh, that's helped me massively in that area, just getting training correct muscles and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so I'm in there for an hour and a half every day. Um, come come home, have a shower, and then um, go to the range, depending on what day it is. So Mondays, you know, I'll try to do sort of um, so I'll try to do like seventy thirty short game. So you know. I see people just go to the range and just hit balls after balls after balls for no unnecessary reason, if you know what I mean. Yeah, the 50 yeah, drivers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's... So basically what I do is, you know, every sort of third day I'll go to the, to the, to the actual driving range rather than just the short game area. So I'll spend, you know, a day, a day doing skipping, putting, um, et cetera, then. I'll do another another day doing like 150 to an inwards, um, and then I'll see on the Wednesday or something like that. I'll just hit the range. But I'll, when I when I practice on the range, I don't I don't just hit balls to to hit balls. You know, I I train with a purpose. Um, so I I try and either play around on the range in my head, so I'm not constantly hitting the same shot. Um, yeah, so I just try and work, and it it keeps you thinking rather than. Because you can sit on the goal, as you know as well as anyone, you can just stand on the range and hit balls. But if if you're not hitting balls correctly, there's it's pointless. You know, it's it's one of them things. Yeah, it's almost wasted time, yeah. isn't it? I mean, we we sit loads um, at Bowie yeah. on the range, just people hitting the same yeah. shot time and time again. You could almost call it, can you, the seven iron? Yeah. <laughs> it's one fifty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the issue most people find is it's too easy yeah. for some. You know, it's on it's on a flat lie to an open yeah. field with no distractions or pressures or yeah. anything. Um, I mean, going back to your, your fitness routine, uh, you know, 7.30 every day for an hour and a half. I mean, I've seen your fitness routine on, uh-huh. on Instagram. Uh, it, it makes me tired <laughs> just watching it uh, <laughs> on there. I, I think people really need to go to your Instagram page to, to get that. <laughs> to get the full gist of how how hard you actually do work at, at your fitness and obviously and your game um because it's clearly become a big part of your life yeah it's a massive part of my life so obviously um being an amputee i've i've got to step up and do that just that bit extra um and in my life i've always been that i want to be the best i can you know um and if that means getting up at five o'clock in the morning every day i do it so um it's just 
it's the willpower to be, you know, the best of your ability, really. Yeah, so let's think about what's the, can you think back to your best performance to date? Not only just sort of your, your lowest yeah. round, but is there a round that sticks in your head more than more than any others that's, um, that you rem- can be remembered? Yeah, to be honest, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a good score. I think I shot like 73 or something like that. So I think 73 to a lot of people is a good <laughs> score. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, what it was, it was in the last round of the, the South African um, Open on the Egger series. And I'd had an awful front nine. I think I was like four or five over um, on the front nine. And then on the back, I think it was the back nine on the 10th, I started going strong. And I, I, I was like six birdies in a row. Um, yeah, oh, wow. so I just thought of, that was just me grinding out. And, you know, but luckily I sort of had a really good good tournament. I won that tournament by 12 shots, I think. So um, it was pretty cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but but my lowest my lowest ever round was um, I had a sixty three at Ashridge in a in a pro am, um, but to be fair, I didn't feel any different than any other day. It was really weird. It just they were just I was knocking them close and holding the putts, and it was it was pretty cool. I've never felt that before because it just sort of I was just flowing. Um, you know, I didn't miss fairways. I was just hitting it where I wanted it to go, and it just sort of everything clicked that day. Um, so yeah that's yeah. that's my lowest round 63 so yeah it's pretty cool that's that's pretty good yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think um, people listening to this would have got anywhere <laughs> near that 73 they were probably happy yeah. with to start with i mean it's interesting when you have like six birdies on the yeah. on on the spin it shows that the round's never over isn't it until it's over yeah having that kind of drive and that fight to put a score together when you're you know, almost not at your yeah, best. Exactly. It's sometimes more satisfying. Yeah. I mean, we've all done it. We've gone, you know, had a bad front nine and just give up. But, um, you know, it's one of them things that you just got to dig deep and refresh, regroup. And, you know, like we're doing at the moment, having a, having a reset. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not cool on on purpose, no. is it? But it's, it certainly happens. Yeah, I mean, from the, from the mental side of it, I'm guessing, obviously, having six months you know, at home, not, yeah. you know, away from everybody has got to play some quite nasty tricks on your, you know, in your head. Yeah, definitely. It, I, I mean, I was in. Um, has that helped, you think, in, in building your sort of mental strength for the golf yeah, course? Yeah, massively, because I appreciate every day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm out on a golf course with good people, um, you know, and I'm, I'm appreciating it every day. So it's it just gets better and better for me, really. I know we all moan about stuff and stuff like that, but you just got to appreciate what you've got and, you know, take, take it in. Cause you know, one day we could be locked in our house for three months. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, it's three months at the moment, yeah. isn't it? It could, could be, be longer. longer you know? So yeah, but yeah, that that's because I was in some dark, dark areas, you know, um, as probably a lot of people have been in their lives, but it was, it was new to me because I was always so active and, I was always, you know, I was either out racing or on a football pitch or running or training. Um, and everything stopped literally overnight for me. And it, it just sent me into a spiral. And, um, you know, I was on, at one stage, I was on like 52 tablets a day. of I didn't know who I was really. Uh, wow. Yeah, I had some not, not nice thoughts going through my head at some particular times. And But luckily, you know, I had good people around me. Um, and then obviously through the golf, I had some amazing people. I've got some really like amazing lifelong friends now just through golf um, that I would have never have met, you know, so it's given me everything back and double really.
Well, it does put things into perspective, doesn't it? When, you know, it's, we always joke it's first world problems where you make a yeah. bogey. Um, but it really is just that, yeah. isn't it? It is it's just still just a game yeah, of golf, yeah. isn't it, at the end exactly. of the day? It's one of them that you've got you just got to appreciate where you are and, you know, who you're with and just just understand how lucky you are. Yeah, no, I couldn't couldn't agree more. So when you see people that you play with, I mean, what's kind of, especially when you're on the driving range, yeah. I guess, what's what's sort of the biggest swing faults or what's the biggest faults that you see people doing when they're on the range or they are just practicing um, the way we were talking just, about? They become like repetitive just swings, if you know what I mean. They don't try different stuff. They just um, play the same shots every time. They just hit the ball as hard as they can, as far as they can. Um, you know, yeah. instead of playing, you know, like shots that you'd actually use on a golf course. Um, it's it's not a fault, but it's just a way of different training. I think you know, like learning how to play. Wow, the wind's <laughs> blowing here. I've got things <laughs> falling down everywhere in my you office. But um, but yeah, it's like going going back to to people on the range and that it's it's the fact that they become complacent of just hitting shots after shots instead of using stuff that they would use on a golf course. You know, like a lot of even you know even no matter what standard you are, you're going to be playing out of some trees and some thick stuff at some point. So why not try and practice them shots? You know, play. I see everyone just hitting the clubs the yardage that they can hit it flat out or whatever. So I try and like hit some shots that, you know, it's, if you're going to use, you know, hit a four iron hundred yards or something, you know, cause you never know when you need them bump and run shots or, and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, people just make it too easy and just go for yeah. the easy option all yeah. the time. Don't they to make themselves yeah, feel it good. Is. It's, that, it's that ethos <laughs> of uh, the ego kicks over. <laughs> I mean, well, you've probably seen it, um, as I'm sure you know every golf pro has uh, the typical amateur running onto the yeah. first tee. Uh, no, no warm up. They've had three cups of coffee, a bacon <laughs> butty, two two practice yeah. swings, uh, and then get really upset that they don't hit it yeah. 300 yards down the, the middle. The right. Yeah, and they almost look, they're so disappointed. Yeah. Why did it go there? That never happens. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, let's talk through when you go to the driving range beforehand. Yeah. Um, do you go to the gym before you actually go to the driving range if you're on like tournament day? Not or if I'm is, tournament day. Do you kind of approach your... So all I'll do if I'm on a tournament day is um, I always carry a foam roller with me because um, obviously I, I don't okay. want my... You don't want to be knackered from the gym. Just I always carry a foam roller just to, um, you know, like just warm your muscles up. I do a lot of stretches, um, which you can do anywhere really in in you know in in the changing rooms or you know even in your car park or whatever you know um so yeah but a, a foam roller is a big thing for me because it just eradicates all the little knots and you know if you're a little bit stiff in the back you can just brush it out and stuff like that you know yeah no absolutely and then when you go to the actual range itself yeah um so basically i'll start off with just some warm-up like 58 degree just literally hit five six balls as softly and just get a get get a swing flowing through um and then i'll do five balls of every other club um and and that's pretty much it really for me that's pretty much my routine on the range so i'll start off um i won't hit any full shots with a wedge or wedges um so i'll just go straight to a nine iron um like that and then just hit some little three-quarter knockdown shots 
Um, then I'll hit a couple full shots and then I'll go to a seven iron and do exactly the same. And then um, I'll hit a couple couple three woods and then a couple drives. Then I'll go, that's me, go back to the wedges then. And then that's when I start hitting some wedges um, just to get loosened up again just for them. Um, and then straight to the putting. I, I try to do a, as much putting as I can on, on the... Because in England, all the greens are a lot different, aren't they? You know, whereas in America, they're pretty much the same and um, they're all the same speed and that. But over here, there's a lot of different greens. So, and that's that's as you know, that's where the money's made is on the little flat stick. Absolutely, yeah. And people spend the least yeah. time with that than Most any other. Club in the bag, and <laughs> you know, I never hardly see anyone practice putting. You know, so that's why I try and spend as much as I can putting and and uh, just doing a short game. Well, we see it just at the at the club, and even in the shop, people's sort of attitude with the putter is just so yeah. so different. Uh, like I've had somebody before spend over five hundred pounds on a driver, like it's yeah. nothing, and then question why a putter's yeah, exactly. two hundred pounds. And you yeah. think, well, hang on a minute, you seem to got this the wrong way the around. Person going to use a driver on a round, probably I don't know, eleven times. 11, 12 times maximum. Yeah, I mean, they probably yeah. shouldn't even do yeah. that, most of them. But mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but your putter's, what, yeah. 40%? Yeah, maybe probably a bit more. Because you, you think, like, if people average, you know, two putts every hole, that's 36 putts. And you're only, you know, depends on what you're shooting. But, you know, that's like 40, 45% of, of, of par. So, I mean, do you look at yeah. your stats quite a bit? Do you go yeah, through your rounds yeah. in detail afterwards? With, um, like, Knowing, knowing where my weak points are, really. Um, so, with me, I, I know that putting is my weak point. Um, some days, I can shoot, you know, I can shoot level and have 36 putts, or some days I can shoot level and have, you know, 28 putts. It's weird. Um, so, I know I'm a very inconsistent putter, but that's what I've been working on. Um, a lot now I've got a mat upstairs and I'm just working on a lot with that so yeah I know my my putting could be better as everyone's yeah as as everyone's yeah I think it's the one point you can you can work on I remember hearing someone say once that they um they were trying to improve their putting by half a putt around um which doesn't sound a lot but from a tournament player it's obviously it's two two shots isn't it that's the there's the difference between you know yeah, making the cut and not and i mean i mean like it, it, i suppose it doesn't matter what standard are if you are i mean like a 28 handicap could be a better putter than you know like a three handicapper but it's just all the other shots in between so you know it it putting's a massive massive so when you go look at um other golfers and you think well do you know why have yep. you stopped playing golf because we see it all the time with people yep. they, they've given up they've they've been failing for so many years what do you think the most common reason is for people um, giving up you know it there's a there's obviously a lot of money involved there's going to be you know with tournaments and are you on about professionals or amateurs yeah a bit so of in, both in, actually in the, like the professional right there's because there's these day and ages, I, I mean, because I've, I've only been playing for, you know, coming up six years now, but um, the the standard of golf is crazy. I mean, you've got to be shooting, you know, five, six under um, at most tournaments just to be in with a shout, you know. Um, 
and I think a lot a lot of the people just haven't got the dedication these days. They'd rather, I don't know, they'd rather be just out partying or something, you know. But um, but yeah, the, yeah. the people that, like they don't seem to. You can tell the guys that want it because they're dedicated. Um, but the the guys that have got it but aren't dedicated, they're the ones that just sort of disappear. Um, and obviously a financial side of things as well because it's not cheap being a being a pro golfer. Um, it, it, you know the, the travel, the tournament you got to go to, and tournament entries. Um, and it, it's not just the golf; it's the hotels. It's like say the travel, the the air the airfares and stuff like that. You know, puts a lot yeah, of pressure 100%. on the day, I mean, doesn't got it? A, you, and, and that's another thing is that 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 added pressure of all that. A lot of people, you know, they struggle with pressure. I mean, I use I I used to struggle with pressure, but till all this happened to me, you know, pressure is just self-induced, you know. Um, but it's one of them, one of them things that you got to sort of appreciate uh, that you're in that situation in the first place. I remember being asked once if you had enough money just yeah. to get to the tournament to spend yeah. two nights there for a four day event, would you still go? Um, and, I, and I love that question. Because you could always tell somebody that that hesitates or, or whatever, or the ones that jump in and go, absolutely, I'm there. Um, it's yeah. a different type of drive, isn't yeah. it? Like, I mean, like if money's irrelevant when it comes to wanting. If you know, if it was if it was to be my last penny and it was able to get me to a tournament, then I'd go, no matter what, you know. Um, just because I want to be the best I can, and if someone's better than me, then you know fair dues to them but as long as i'm better tomorrow then you know I, I am today that that's all that matters to me i mean it is it is very inspirational talking to talking to you mike um i mean like you remember at my my home yeah. club bowwood in wiltshire um and you know we've obviously enjoyed a few few good rounds together uh the first time we played actually or first time we met properly um, because I remember you, I remember, do remember you joining and the membership manager saying, Oh, you've got to yeah. meet this guy, Mike, at some point. Um, yeah, yeah. you probably remember Mark when he, when you joined. Yeah. Um, but it was only until I was playing with Robbie Williams and we got to the That's 11th right. or 12th hole and I, I saw you kind of yeah. walking up the fairway yeah. and I'm thinking, Who's this? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even know who it was who was coming up. Uh, and a good friend of yours was with Rob yeah. at the time. Uh, Neil and you'd ask you to join. Um, I mean, I mean, going back to that round, I mean, was was Robbie everything you kind of imagined when you um, first met him? No, he was better to be honest. Um, because he's like Rob's just uh, he's just one of the lads, you know, he's out on a golf course, he's one of the lads, and you couldn't meet you know a better person. Um, so it, it just shows to how grounded he actually is. And you know the, the things he's done and the accomplishments he's done in his life is you know pretty special, and you know to invite someone like me, Joe Bloggs, that's nobody really, um, to, to have a round with him is you know pretty impre- pretty like inspiring for me. I, I think if I remember rightly as well, I think he <laughs> yeah. birdied the first hole, <laughs> which kind of shut him up a bit, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and me as well. But, yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah. he's he's come along well. I mean, from uh, from yeah. meeting kind of back in the summer, uh, and you know, hardly breaking or yeah. you know, around the sort of hundred mark, 
to kind of nearly at single figures now. And Bow is a tough course anyway. Yeah, definitely. depending on what tees you're on. Um, he he, he has he, done he, very well. Like with he's it. got such a effortless swing as well, which is you know it's quite quite impressive considering how busy his life is. Um, he's got he's got a really good swing, and I know you you worked with him quite a lot, so do kudos to you for for getting him to where he is now. You know, and um, it, it's pretty impressive just to be out there and playing and just being one of the lads. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen it quite a few because I've put yeah. quite a few videos of him now swinging on, on Instagram and, and Facebook and whatnot. Uh, and the the feedback's very yeah. different and unique. Uh, we get, I mean, I've had more sort of Robbie yeah. followers and you can tell them a, a mile off because um, <laughs> I've no idea they who they are, first of all. Nothing to do with golf. Uh, and yeah. It's nothing to do with golf at all. Um, but they all sort of like and, and comment on. But then you get the other golfers that that oh, kind of yeah. criticise his swing and, and go into, and you think sometimes people don't yeah. realise what you're working on or they don't understand certain injuries exactly. and things that people have. And um, social media, I think, is always a tough uh, a, a tough world to be in now because it's given a voice to people that never yeah, well, had a it, voice it, before it's almost. Like, it's like me talking about I haven't got a clue about it, and yet that's me. It's like me, sort of, putting a comment to a scientist, and you're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> They're probably really yeah, going. Exactly. Who's this I mean, guy? What's his credentials, <laughs> you know. It, but yeah, it makes me laugh. Some of the some of the comments you get, and just some people haven't got a clue. As if, like, when I, I know what when I've got trousers on, you can't tell. So, um, like the amount of people that of stead stuff to me and like why why can't why did your leg come out why do you do that why can't you do this why can't you it's always why can't and it it bugs me because it's like why not be why be negative about something and why can't you be positive about stuff as if to say like why 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 are why are you doing this and you know just things like that 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 really gets to me sort of stuff yeah, people sadly have to try and yeah, put other people down to make themselves the feel big, don't the they? Moment. I mean, it's crazy that that and that and that's another reason why um like I love America in in that aspect because all they want to do is all all look at American society sort of in the golfing world anyway. They just want to see you succeed, whereas over here it's almost as if they want to see you fail. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. You can. Um, I, I do remember my early sort of trainings with Carl Morris, yeah. um, who's one of the mind coaches. Uh, and I remember him always saying, if you ever go into yeah. a clubhouse afterwards, listen to what people say, because it's fascinating. Uh, and I really enjoy doing it because it's it does give you a real big insight into um, into people's sort of mindsets. But you kind of live in this sort of. You know, you can always imagine the story. They go, oh, yeah. I shot 72, but. <laughs> and they always go on to then say that they had three, you yeah. know, three putts or, you know, hit a ball out of bounds. Almost yeah. like it's a badge of honour. You know, the whole misery yeah. loves company sort of thing. Actually, it's quite good to say, yeah, I, I shot 63 yeah. today. Yeah, exactly. And just leave it at that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. How did you play today? I, Fine. I enjoyed thanks. it. I <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so many yeah. negatives stuff around you know and and i know this is a bad situation we're in at the moment but i hope we can take positives from this as to the way we live our lives there's all this like being locked in and doing stuff at home and 
maybe some people will start seeing the positives in life again, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're not being asked to go to war, exactly. are we? It's uh, been asked yeah. to stay indoors. It shouldn't be that difficult, but... We're watered, you know? We're most people with their families, you know, yeah. spending time with the family, so take the positive from it and not the negative, you know? I know a lot of... It's a sad situation, obviously, because obviously people are dying, but um, in, in that aspect of, of people's lives... Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is. It's a different yeah, type it's, of war, it's a isn't it? This one. Very, very true. Yeah. Well, let's let's finish on a bit of fun, shall we? So, if you had one <laughs> superpower, Mike, what was it? What would it be? Hundred percent flying. I'd love to be able to fly. What was that? Imagine that. Yeah. Okay. So, where's Probably the first place you're flying to? <laughs> nah. Yeah, but yeah, that's <laughs> it's a uh, it's an always thing obviously i was a, a big superman fan when i was growing up so definitely flying is is the one for me yeah, yeah no i think a lot of people agree with you on that one so what my, about your dream four ball my dream four ball was being obviously, obviously four being ball. a master semi ballesteros um yeah yeah except i know, would have right? celebrated his crazy, birthday yeah. yesterday yeah i think definitely sevi tiger and rory just, just, yeah, yeah big Tiger just, and Rory fan. Obviously, I sort of know Tiger in his second generation. As I, I obviously I wasn't playing golf when he was at his prime, but now, like, he's just what he did at the Masters and just the, just the sort of. I know it's a different sort of situation, but I know what he went through, as in having like his career sort of almost taken away from him and having the operations that he did to. To come back to where he is now is pretty, you know, pretty special. Yeah, I mean, he's been more injured more than more golfers yeah. ever, haven't they? Yeah, and, and overcome them all. It goes back again to to your mind. I mean, he must be so so mentally strong and so mentally determined that no matter what happens to him, he's going to be the best. Going up the first, Tiger never said anything till about the eighth hole, and then Tony Finau was saying, "Oh, this is." quite awkward now he's not said a word to me what have I done and all this sort of stuff and he was like so he went up to Tiger and said how's the family he went yeah they're good and just walked straight out the fairway and, it, and he said ah oh, that's how it's <laughs> gonna be he said that, that's Tiger's mentality and that's how it's gonna be so yeah he said the next time he spoke to him was on the last tee on, on the last green sorry when he finished his putt <laughs> yeah exactly. saying so thank that, you that just enjoyed the rounds <laughs> how competitive he is to to have that discipline of not even just talking to any of his competitors. Um, that just shows how disciplined and how much he wants it, which I admire. You'd love yeah, to be, you'd love to be for, in his head, wouldn't you? Just to think, yeah, what's, just what's he round. thinking about right now? Is he thinking about golf? Yeah. Is he thinking about his yeah, dinner later that on? One round of, you know, pure brilliance. Um, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? So what about famous uh, swings? Any any swing out there that you've gone? Wow, um, I'd love to I love go swing it like that. Swing. It's just methodical and just nice. But I mean, for me, obviously, I, I've got a different swing just because I'm of, of a leg. But I, I've sort of come to the conclusion that a, a swing's like a thumbprint to me. I mean, everybody's different. Like he's like we were saying just now, everybody's got a different ailment, maybe a different injury. So there's some positions that we can't get in and um, that, that other people can get in or vice versa, you know? So, but yeah, Adam Scott is, um, he's, he's got the swing for me. 
Well, it's a huge, it's a huge part of it, isn't it? Because the amount of times I see people um, yeah. filming themselves on a driving range, and you yeah. can see that because technology is so good now, uh, you know, you're instantly comparing yourself with the Roy McIlroys, yeah. the Tigers, the Adam Scotts of the world. Um, but I remember reading an article once saying that most people, 99% of people would need surgery to yeah, get exactly. to the positions Adam Scott gets to. So, you know, why yeah. would you try and get yourself into that position yeah. if you if you can't physically do it? Um, and it's probably a huge reason as to why, yeah. you know, a lot of golf lessons don't work, uh, especially in the early days. And, and, why and that's where you're really, that's what I think pointless. you're really good at, at adjusting that because you don't try and change people's swing. You find out about them first. You know, have you got any, you got any ailments, got any, you've got any like injuries or, and then you work around that, which, you know, that's quite. I like that way of thinking and that way of teaching. Yeah, I mean, that that's just become yeah. from a, a lot of trial and error of people. Yeah. And seeing as so many people fail, yeah. I think back to horrors of my sort of early teachings, um, you know, and just almost that getting excited with somebody yeah. that they're, they're doing something that I want them to do. And then they yeah. say they go out and play golf and they play terribly. <laughs> and, they, and they come yeah. back to me and you think, well, what did I do wrong there? Yeah. Um, but it is, it's, it's such a huge, you know, the, the physical, yeah, you know, the correct. human body is just so but, unique. But, yeah, it's correct. And it, and it really but, is. But, There's no point building yeah, something. Obviously, I, I, I'm, I'm not PGA, so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't try to teach anyone. But I, I can just give people advice of what happened to me and, how, you know, how it's, how I've overcome stuff and how I get things done. Um, so that's why I, I'm, I like working with, you know, other disabled people, trying to help them. Because um, you never know, like a little bit of influence on on some of them might change their life, you know. And that that's what I sort of take from golfers that I can hopefully change someone's life, and then you know that's jobs done, you know. Well, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it, if someone listening to this, um, listening to this program, sort of later on down the line, yeah, is in a similar position to you are. You know, what what would be the one bit um, of advice you could give that person? Just listen um, to people, you know. Away. Don't don't be afraid to ask if you know if, if you see something that you like or see something that you think you could help just just ask and not don't sit on the on the bench about it you know um and another big one of mine which <clears throat> i think is from my sort of military days is don't be a know-it-all <clears throat> excuse me yeah don't be a know-it-all and sort of just listen because no matter how good you think you are there's always someone that can do something better than you and um just be humble in in sort of taking advice on mike thanks again for coming on to the show it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you uh for everyone at home please go on to instagram and facebook follow mike it's mike brown golf uh some really inspirational stuff on there once again thanks for listening and we'll see you next time 